give yourself over to absolute pleasure. <sighs> <laughs> Should we do a first cast? Let's do that. <laughs> <coughs> Hang on, I've choked myself. Reckless coffee drinking. <coughs> Breathe. <gasps> I can't. <laughs> it's fine, it's all good. Everything's just lovely. Fifteen. Welcome. Can I say welcome as well? Or are you, you you're welcome? welcome. You can, yeah, you can welcome all the people around the virtual campfire. Hello. Welcome to our virtual campfire, uh, which you can probably hear. Um, over the rain. Over the rain. Over the rain. It's a bit of a rainy Somewhere day today. With the rain. And it neatly ties into our subject for today. Indeed. We've done 15, 14 episodes 14. of Frithcast. And Apart from a few discussions right at the beginning where we looked at some of the gods and named some of them, yep. we haven't really had a proper in-depth discussion about any one of the gods in particular. Okay. So I thought for episode 15, now I've settled in yep. on my little virtual log and I've got my knees nice and warm and I've had food and drink, like the Havamal says. Yes, knees warm, very knees important. Warm. Very important to have warm knees. I hope you all have warm knees, lovely listeners. Mm. I thought for this episode, we'd have a chat about one of the gods that I first connected to when I was first starting to understand Asatrun heathenism for myself, UPG mm -hmm. stuff. Indeed, yeah. I'm not saying that it's the same thing that everybody will make that first same connection. No. And if you do or you don't, it's all good. I think it's worth, I think it's worth sort of re reiterating at this point that a lot of this is down to a lot of it is upg unverified personal gnosis yes uh, or what you might also term your mileage may vary yes um, your mileage objects in rearview mirror may look closer than they are indeed your um, mileage may vary and we're going to stop before meatloaf turns up um but why <laughs> <laughs> he sings like rock opera so beautifully this is true this is very true. I mean, for goodness sake, who else can pull off a track called Life is a Lemon and I Want My Money Back? That is a good title. It's a cracking title. It has to be said. It's, it's right up there. It's kind of whew, experience time. Carry anyway, on. Moving Sorry, on. UPG. Like a bat out of hell. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, oh, this episode's going to have so many meatloaf references <laughs> I am, so I'm taking this as a personal mission to fit more meatloaf references into this episode. Oh, God, help us. They okay, so... On occasion. So, um... <laughs> anyway, back in the real world, um... <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, but yes, a lot of this is, is down to... So, uh, down to sort of, um, you know, your personal understanding of... As... Uh, of of the, the... All these things, and... Um, you know, as much as when I'm talking about mine, it's my personal understanding, and we're not we're not sort of saying this is how, we're not being prescriptive. We're not sort of saying this is how you must do it, or if you haven't perceived these things, you're you're, you're doing it wrong, yes, or anything yeah, like that. A lot of, of it is stuff. down to uh, you know how you 
whether whether it's you know how the gods visit the information on you or or, or, or whatever. So. Yes, or you know instead of being sort of all kind of serene and going la la la, they just go fuck, get on with it. Yes, it's I much 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 more my experience of things. I do. I <laughs> re- refreshingly direct and quite. <laughs> I was going to say I do understand the heathen the heathen deities to be a little more upfront. They can be very upfront and very directive. In my own personal experience, mm. they can be very very direct with what they want. But one of the first of the gods that I felt a connection to was Thor. Okay. So what I'd like to do in this episode is have a chat about him. All right. And talk through him, and if I'm really good, sneak some meatloaf references in there as well. Because why not? Yeah, because there's there's nothing like sort of punctuating a discussion about your your sort of key god. Yes. With pop culture references from. It's fine. We can do this. Yeah, but I live in you know I live in these times. Yeah. Pop culture references are what I have. Yeah. And. The Vikings used that shared cultural understanding in what they call kennings. Of course. In uh, in the literature, mm. they they used that shared cultural understanding to reference particular objects because everybody would know what they were. It was the pop culture of the day. So I'm going to use pop culture here, and to me that's not much of a difference. Mm. And I say go for it. So if we go back to Thor... Indeed. You'll probably, when I say that name, have an image in your head of Chris Hemsworth. I have to confess, yes I do. Okay. Um, in most of the lore he's described as having red hair, Yeah. but there is now a modern interpretation of him being blonde. Yeah. To be honest, it's all good. Mm. And if you have more of a connection with Thor as somebody who's a blonde man or a red-headed man, either. Yeah. It's just fine. And the way that you make connection is the way that's personal to you. Mm-hmm. If I say he's not complicated some of the other gods I understand as having a lot of layers to their areas of influence Okay. the Romans identify him with their own thunder god Jupiter and he's generally where we get the word Thursday from Thor Yes. you might also see him called Donar because the capital D is a, uh, an evolution of the room Thorn Okay. Which is the TH sound, Thonar. Mm. But we've taken that, it's sort of an upright stave with a, a triangle on the side. And we've it. taken that and transformed it into a capital D, so you might seem also referred to as Donar. Hence where the Germans <coughs> get Donnerstag from. Donnerstag, yes. And Donner and Blitzen. And Donner Sorry. and Blitzen, yes. Thor, for me, is. Uh, he looks after a lot of the people. Okay. He's sort of friend to the common people. I've heard you refer to him as friend to the people. Friend to the people. people, yeah. So he's very much the one who rules the stormy weathers. Hmm. And this is what this is what he brings the thunderstorms. Yeah. This is this is what I know him I know him for. And and it sorry. Yeah. It might be that that's a little bit of Marvel influence, I'm afraid, because that's that's yeah. the bit that they tend to focus on is the waving the hammer and the lightning and yeah, he's, he is a bit of a man of steel, but <clears throat> you know we we get we get through that point. But he 
controls that extreme of weather which farmers and fishermen depend on. Okay. Now, if you're up in northern Europe, the weather is probably more extreme and it's probably going towards the cold. Yeah. So your growing season is not very long. Mm. So to have uh, someone that you can call on to help you control the weather mm. is of huge benefit when you're trying to bring in a catch before winter. Yeah. He's most commonly known for the hammer, but he has a short-handled hammer which very many heathens would wear as a sign of their faith. Yeah. This is the Molnir. Okay. And it's the symbol of his uh, protection, if you like, uh, and certainly of his strength and prowess and his ability to protect mankind to stand directly between them and threats mm. and he uses this uh, Mjolnir in, f in f uh, preference to swords and axes and yes yeah all he, that kind of thing. I don't know for absolute certain but I can't think of a saga or one of the Eddas where he uses another weapon yeah apart from the Mjolnir the Mjolnir is it, well he has a belt of giant strength that allows him to lift the Molnir, and he also has a pair of special gloves yeah. that allow him to do that, so it's not what they would class as an ordinary weapon, but where, if he throws it, it will come back to his hand. Uh -huh. So it's quite practical, it's quite useful, and the thing that he uses that most for is probably slaying Jotun. Giants. Giants. Yeah. We've touched on it a little bit before with the building of the walls of Asgard. I remember, yeah. He's away slaying giants at the beginning and he comes back right at the end and kills the builder because he sees him for a Jotun. Yeah. He sees him for a giant. Thwacks him in the forehead. Thwacks him in the forehead. So he's a fairly mighty warrior. For me, he's very practical. Mm. Very much focused on what can I do to make this situation better. Yeah. There and then. What's my instant thought? What's he's, my way of thinking this through? Is it fair to say it's fair to say he's a a straightforward sort of thinker? He he's direct. He is very direct, and maybe that's why I get on with his way of looking at things quite perhaps well. So, perhaps so. He drives a, a cart, or sometimes it's pictured as a chariot, which is drawn by two goats, and these goats are quite awesome goats because. It's certainly in one of the um, stories in the myth cycle, he shares the goats with a, a family and he slaughters the goats and he gives them specific instructions to wrap all the bones in the skins at the end of the meal. Okay. And so they do. And the following morning, the goats come back to life again. Clever. It is. They has, he has clever goats. With, with new meat? or With new meat. I just think I've got images of them just being like zombie Very goats. Zombie goats. No, they are not zombie goats. Okay. Absence of zombie goats. What you see is what you get. You get ones with skin and, okay. you know, squishy bits ready to go all over again. Cool. And they drive his chariot. And he also has a hole in Asgard. Uh-huh which is presided over by his him and his lady wife, Sif, golden-haired, golden-tressed. Does his hall have a name? It does. It's called Bilskinia. Bilskinia. 
Bilskinia. Okay. Um, and he has two sons, and he has a daughter who's generally known as Trutha or Truda, which means strength. Okay. There are a couple of notable appearances for him in the myth cycle. Okay. One of which is his hammer Molnir is stolen. Yep. And he happens to find out that the giants have taken it. Because it's always the giants, isn't it? In this particular case, yes. Okay. The gods have a a literal love-hate relationship with the giants. Thor's mother is a giant. In one of the notable stories in the myth cycle, Thor's hammer is taken. And he finds out that the giants have taken it. And they have demanded the Lady Freya for his bride Hmm. as price for Thor getting his hammer back the Lady Freya is not impressed so so they come up between all of the gods the the giant is expecting a a bride from the gods to go and be his bride so that Thor can have his hammer back I remember this one yeah so (laughs) in, in the best best dry humour available the gods decide that the best way to get Thor his hammer back is to put Thor in a wedding dress with a wedding veil and send him with a handmaiden to go to the giant stronghold and get his hammer back himself. Now, I'm the last one to be judgmental on that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, I mean, he does... But... <laughs> but it does... Play, if I remember rightly, the story does play up... I mean, it does play up the fact, the, the the perception of this being this enormous great warrior fella. Yes. Built like a brick outhouse. Oh, yes. You know, with huge, big, big... Big muscles, great big red bristly beard. Yeah, huge big red beard. <laughs> big shaggy hair. Yeah, in a wedding dress. Because, I mean, it, it, we're not... We're not using the Chris Hemsworth model here this story specifically talks about if I remember rightly the story specifically talks about these characteristics yes yeah and basically just puts a wedding veil over him yes drops him in this hall yeah with with the with, with the, the giants with the trickster by his side as the handmaiden as the handmaiden and says these giants are not going to tell them bearing in mind they've specifically gone to Asgard yes. to say we want the Lady Freya so they know what she looks like. They know... Yes. And they're mistaking this guy that is six foot four across the shoulders, has a very deep voice. Yeah. And... Like I said, I'm not criticising. <laughs> I'm in no position. This is... But... Yeah, this is another one of the stories I really enjoy because they're playing. They have a very healthy sense of their own masculinity. Yeah. And this is one of the stories where they really play with it. Yeah. And I love that they feel confident about their god's masculinity enough to write a story down that ridicules that to the point of entertaining humor yeah that they can that they can they can they can sort of play up play off it a little bit without without actually detracting from it. yes and without because i mean you know at the end of the story or you know in in in, in sort of, you know post this story nobody's going to Nobody's going to be sort of questioning that Thor is what Thor has always been. You yeah. know, he is a, no, he is a, 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 a you know, a, a, a mighty uh, defender, warrior. Yes. You know, defender of the, the people. The shield of Asgard. Yeah. Uh, defender of Midgard. As much after the story as before. Yes, but they are 
And that's as close to politics as we're going to get, I think. Yes, yes. the plan. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a lovely story of his. Yeah. And it also highlights the, the relationship he has with the trickster. Yes. The Lord of Mischief and him bicker like they're married. They bicker. They are the original odd couple, basically. Yeah. They, they needle and they pick at each other and they bicker. And the, that story of the fact that the trickster offers to be the handmaiden to Thor, who is, you know, right in a wedding dress. Yeah. I mean, it is. sat at, at Thor's side while his, her, his future husband <laughs> is admiring his new bride and wondering why on earth she's got fierce eyes like gimlets and a very deep voice. Yeah. Is what I love. If you contrast that story with another one that features Thor, mm-hmm. where he goes to Utgard and he goes to a giant's fortress, and it's quite a long tale, but eventually it ends up with him at the giant's fortress, and they look at him and go, You're a bit puny for a god, and he's like, Are you kidding? And they set him tests of strength and prowess that look like tests on the surface and again the trickster is with him Mm. and shares with this particular uh, adventure and they set Thor uh, the the king of the giants hands him a drinking horn and says see if you can empty that in one draft our youngest can usually do it in two but everybody learns to do it in one Thor takes a huge big swig and can't empty it. And he takes another great big swig, and it still seems to be the same level as before. So he takes another mighty swig, and it still doesn't go down. And he's like, what is going on with this drinking? Mm. What's happening with it? So, you know, the giant king goes, well, passable, fair enough, but can you lift this cat off the floor? And Thor's like, it's a cat. Of course I can lift a cat off the floor. He's like, right then you know who couldn't uh, none of all of my people can lift a cat off the floor let's see if you can lift a cat off the floor so yeah, again I mean, you get you get scratched and perforated a bit but yeah it, de- yeah, it depends whether you've got kitty treats but he didn't have any kitty treats so he decides to try and lift the cat off the floor mm-hmm. and he cannot do it and he strains and strains and strains and finally manages to get one paw of this cat off the floor. Okay. Cannot manage the rest. So he tries his best. And the third task is to wrestle an old nursemaid of the giant kings. And Thor's like looking at this old woman going, are you sure you want me to wrestle your nursemaid? And the giant king was like, oh yeah, she wrestles with everybody. It's fine. Go right ahead. (laughs) Bernard. Yeah. Bernard. (laughs) So... (laughs) So Thor tries, and he cannot push this old woman over. He can't break her grip, he can't threaten her in any way, and eventually, when he's strained every muscle, she pushes him to the floor and he has to go down on one knee. And the giant king was like, nah, that's enough. I can see you getting tired. Granny wins. Okay. Granny for the win! Yay! Granny Weatherwax would be proud. Indeed. Thor is like, right, that's it, I'm going home, I've had enough, I'm taking my ball, and I'm out of here because I'm just not winning at this. And, you know, I know when I'm beat, fair play, I'm gone. And the 
the, the giant king says, actually, we'd rather you left because we don't want you to stay around anymore and we're going to disappear now. And he's like, hey, who the what now? <clears throat> because he doesn't understand what's going on. He's failed to empty the drinking horn. Yeah. He can't lift the cat off the floor. And he can't even beat the old, the old uh, nursemaid. And he can't beat the old nursemaid. And the giant king was like, no, it's cool. We'll just leave you alone. And it's they're all like shuffling out the door. Yeah, you know, sideways, kind of like la la la. Sidling, don't mind us. yes, sidling. We're out just the door. going out the door. And the giant king explains to Thor that when he gave him a drinking horn, the other end was magically in the sea. Okay. And when he drained it on his third draft, he dropped the sea level of the world. Right. So he was never going to be able to empty it. No. But he dropped the level of the sea. When they gave him a cat to lift off the floor, it was attached to the Yomagant, the world serpent. And he managed to lift one of the coils of it off the seabed. Ooh. The serpent that circles the Midgard. Yeah. And he managed to lift a coil of it off the seabed and send terrible tsunamis against the worlds of Midgard. As this coil rose up and dropped against the seabed. Yeah. Because that is going to unsettle the waters somewhat. Just a little bit. Uh, so they said, we've never seen anybody so strong. And Thor was like, okay, well, who was the old woman then? Mm. Because that wasn't an old woman I couldn't beat him. That was old age. You old were, age? You were never going to beat her. Everybody succumbs to old age. Yeah. So you were never going to win that fight, but you only went down to one knee. Yeah. She cripples everybody. And the worst she could do to you was drop you to one knee. So if it's all right with you, Mr. Thor, sir, we'll just take our stuff and go home. <laughs> we'll just be moving on now. Indeed. And they they literally ushered him out of the castle very, very quietly. Yeah. And when he turned round to look at the castle again, it had gone. Prudent. Very prudent. Yeah. We move now. Yeah. So... That tale is a lot longer when you read it, but that's the, in essence, that little bit of it, again, it shows his prowess and it shows his strength, but he applies it to enemies of the people. Yeah. He's defender of uh, Midgard, if you like, and that's maybe one of the reasons I get on with him so well, in the way that I can relate to what he's done and why he's done it. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of short prayers that I use. And the first one is, Wielder of Molnir, mighty protector, enemy of the Midgard serpent, killer of giants, crusher of foes, strider across valleys and mountains. Thor, I praise, friend of the people, and call him to my feast. And the second one, Wielder of the hammer, red-bearded one, Thor, protector, to you I call. I stand in the midst of a storm, and I ask your protection. So, it's been a bit of a strange episode. It has. Virtual stars for those who can pick out the meatloaf titles. Because <laughs> I've been sneaking them in. Have you? I have! I haven't been picking out any, but... <laughs> well, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light is a little bit tricky to sneak in, because... Dashboards and Thor might not quite go together again. Paradise by the starboard light. 
Paradise Blood Starboard, like, yes. Because possibly. I'm, I'm going to throw this in just as a little bonus. Yeah. Starboard, I didn't realise until not long ago mm. that Starboard is actually comes from the Norse. Okay. Starboard is the um, and traditionally in ships of that age and region. Yeah. The rudder was a board that was out of the, out of one side of the boat. Oh right, not at the back. Uh, it was at the back, but it yeah. was it was out one side. So rather than being r- rigged in the middle. Yeah. Um, it was out one side. It was out the right hand side of the the, the the boat, and that was the boat that was the board that you steered with the starboard. Oh, the, the steerboard. That um, is awesome. And but that meant that you couldn't. Um, uh, if you if you were coming up to a, a jetty or a, or a harbour wall, yeah, you didn't want to bump the right hand side of the boat against the wall. So you always parked on the left. So you park with the left side of the boat against the port wall. Oh, I have learned a thing. Yeah, port and starboard. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I love so. the fact I can learn stuff. Yeah, thank and, you. But that's from wow. that's from 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 Norwegian Scandinavian. Uh, language gives oh, us gives cool. us the word starboard. Anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Thing. You were no. saying about Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yes. Can't really fit it in. No. Because dashboards. And the same is things like good girls go to heaven, good girls go to Valhalla, not quite the same ring. I suppose if they're bad girls go with Ragnar. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so um we have have a, a, a rough idea of Thor. Uh, yes. As he as he is in tradition, as as you see him. Yes. Um, I mean, for me, his colour is traditionally red. Okay. Because the, there is hair and beard and red going on. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like about his way of looking at the worlds and his way of looking at Midgar. Mm. Is for me, my impression of him is a very practically based person. He looks at a situation and says. What can I do? What can I do? Practically do yeah. to make this better. Not who can I talk to or who can I complain to. Yeah. Uh, what can I think about? <clears throat> yeah. It's what can, he's a very practical god for me. Yeah. Personally, he's very practical in how he approaches things. Doesn't do frippery. Doesn't do frills. Looks for the looks for the core of it. Yeah. And then hits it with a hammer. Yeah, generally. <laughs> I say that in a good way. I say that in a in a in a sort of a supportive way. Yeah, he does. There there might be the occasional hammer hitting thing, and the less said about him going fishing, the better. That's all I'm going to say about that one. So, okay. Yeah, mystery mystery reference. Go look it up. <laughs> I might have to. Um, I'll have to. I'll get the information out of you somehow. Yeah. I thought you might. Bribe me with strawberries. It works every time. I could bribe you, or I, I could challenge you to a contest of some sort. You could. Go and see if you can lift the cat up. I think I probably can lift our cat up. She might not be best impressed with it, but I could probably manage that. We'll both lift the cat up, and whoever comes out with the least wounds has won. Okay, you're on. Right. Right. <laughs> the listeners, please excuse us while we go and have a challenge with the cat. You may hear screaming. Don't worry about it. I assure you, the cat is fine. <laughs> We're going to come off worse out of this. We're going to be sat in the hospital waiting room going, well, we were recording a podcast. Who won? <laughs> the cat did. <laughs>
So we will wrap it up there. We'll talk to you next time. If you want to find us online, yeah. you can find me, Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook and on Twitter. And if you want to find me, uh, the easiest way is to go to glassrain.net and all my accounts, um, profiles and things are linked from there. So we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You may experience a, some slight turbulence and then explode. Yeah. I don't, I don't want, want to explode! explode.